you for taking time to listen to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church and of our campus in Lexington, Kentucky. It is our prayer that as you listen today, you will be encouraged, challenged, and equipped to be all God has for you. We invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at either 8.30 or 11 o'clock a.m., at our Todd's Road campus near the Hamburg area of Lexington. To join me in prayer. Gracious and most holy Lord, it is you and your presence that we give thanks for this day. We thank you for your word that's already been given to us, that we've heard, that we've felt, even in the service. Gracious Lord, continue to speak. Give us ears to hear and hearts that would be courageous to follow you wherever it is you're calling us to stay. For it is in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. I can't thank Pastor Chad enough for allowing me to be here this morning and uh, just appreciate uh, these, uh, these moments and appreciate you for uh, tuning in and worshiping in this way. And it's just been a blessing for me to be uh, back here, and, and in particular, my toes hanging off the, this step in particular, it's a, it's a good time, and uh, just so thankful for that. It's, um, it, Chad, pre- uh, Chad did a um, prayer, a prayer, yes, Chad prayed just a minute ago about the, uh, just all that Andover has meant, and I was just reflecting that there has not been an Andover without Janelle Hamilton, and what a, um, just what a grace-filled present she is for me, and I know that she has been for you in so many ways, too, and I cannot thank her enough. There has been a lot that's gone on this week, and and my sermon's not going to deal with it, so I figured I'd just deal with it up front. (laughs) There's been so much, as uh, Chad just mentioned, and so much work that we have to do, and, and I thank God for the church, for it was his idea all along that there'd be a group of people who would be hope-filled, grace-filled, and courageous. And I know this is the time. I, uh, I know that we may very well be re- re- divided in so many ways, but there is so much that we can unite around. I think one of the things even this week that we have right in front of us on Wednesday is Veterans Day. And I think we all can come around and acknowledge the sacrifice and our thankfulness for those who have served us and served so many. And so if that is you this morning, if you're one of our veterans, we are just so grateful for you. And we praise God and we continue to pray. Pray that God would continue to work and to do the things that we know that only God can do. So let me start the sermon by asking you a hypothetical question. Okay, it's hypothetical, all right? I'm going to say that even before I begin. But let's say that you pull up to the front door of Kroger and you let a loved one out to go in and get one item. Now, whatever item that may be for you, it may be avocados that you get a lot, or maybe it's bread, or perhaps it's milk. Often in my household, as many of you know, it would be ice cream. So ice cream is about 100 feet from the front door where I, well, well, no, it's hypothetical, isn't it? So if I dropped a loved one off, it's about 100 feet to this section, and there's really only two types of ice cream, and that is 
vanilla and mint chocolate chip. So that's the only two choices you have. And usually these days it's been more mint chocolate chip than vanilla to get it and to come back to pay and be back in the vehicle. Hypothetical. In your head, you've got a sort of an over and an under. 100 feet there, you grab it, you come back, you pay, maybe three minutes. And so you've got a decision to make, a, an important decision to make. Do, do I pull around and find a parking place or do I just sort of idle in the fire lane? Now, I said this is hypothetical. None of us would ever idle in the fire lane in front of Kroger's waiting for someone to just go get one item and come out. But if we did, we would sort of have in our head this, oh, I know it's just going to be a few minutes. I'll just wait here and I'll hope for the best. Now, you can imagine that if one minute you're feeling pretty good, two minutes is like, oh, we still have plenty of time. Three minutes, you start looking at the door. Four minutes, the, well, the security officer comes out and wants to know why you're there. And, and all of a sudden, it has taken far longer than you had expected. And you're not sure why, but you know there are some ramifications taking place, hypothetically, in your own life. Now, I know that you've never had that happen to you, but... That's the crux of this parable that Jesus is telling us. There is a, a groom that is coming, and there are attendants waiting, and it took a lot longer. And, and the attendants expected the groom to be there in, in a certain amount of time. And you can tell because they all brought at least a little bit of oil. So they all expected a, a, a quick and then, and then a return that would have made, well, would have made sense one that they would have expected. And the whole thing sort of falls apart when the groom is delayed. And we're not told why the groom's delayed. We're not told what's going on. We just are told that the groom is delayed and the impact is felt throughout. You see, these bridesmaids, these attendants, are having to run this race, having to be in the midst of this event, knowing that at some point there will be a finish line, but not knowing when. And it impacts everything that they're doing. Many of you may know that kind of a few years ago, I was more into running than I am now. It's more cycling now. It's, you know, if you reach my age, a certain thing, it's nice to just sit on a bike and, and pedal, and that, that's sort of what I'm doing now. But, but at, at one point, it was running and, and ran some races, 26.2 miles, or they're called marathons or whatever. All I know is they were the longest, grueling 15 hours of my life at a time. Well, it didn't take me quite that long, but you get it. Took a long time. I never got to the starting line of a marathon without exactly knowing where the end was. Not, not just that I was going to faint or something, but that there would be an end. I, would kn I knew exactly where it was. And so first mile, I'd be like only 25 miles to go, and I know where that finish line is. The fifth mile, it'd only be 21.2 miles or no, I'm bad at math. It's like, the, it's like the board that we've seen this week. Anyway, it would just continue to go, and I'd be getting closer and closer. But I knew exactly where the finish line was. I knew how much more pain I would have to go through and how much more I would have to do. I can't imagine getting to the front of a long run and not knowing where the finish line is. And yet it happens a lot in our lives, doesn't it? This parable is about Jesus talking about when he will return. And he seemed to be much more concerned about our readiness and preparedness than the timing of when he'll return. 
How good it would have been of him for to say, well, this is what I'm going to return this day and this time, and yet we do not get those sorts of information at all. All we get is be ready, be prepared. But there's other times that things seem to be going a lot longer than we expected. There are other journeys that we run that we, we know there's a finish at some point, but we're not sure when it will be. Perhaps it's a chronic illness that you're dealing with. That you've been praying to God and others have been joining you for some resolution. And you know God's faithful, but you're not sure when. And so you're in the midst of this race, continuing to journey. Maybe it's a something in life that you've been waiting for, expecting, some sort of event or goal. And it just seems to be continually out there and out there and out there. Oh, you know God's faithful. You you know things are going to eventually come to fruition, but you're just not sure when. Maybe it's a relationship. I could go on and on. Maybe it's covid I mean, when, let's face it, in March, I think I said out loud, well, by Easter, we'll be back and rolling. I didn't realize it'd be Easter of 21, maybe. This thing continues to go and go, and we're running this race. We know at some point it's going to finish up, but we're not sure when. And what do we do in the midst? Because it's really easy when we're in the middle of something that seems to be taking a lot longer than we expected to simply just give up. Hey, I'm done. I've done what I can do. I'm just, I'm walking away. It's taking too long. It's also easy to begin to start blaming. And a lot of times we'll start by laying the blame at God. God, I thought you were faithful. I thought you loved me. I thought you weren't cruel. Why am I continuing in this journey and there doesn't seem to be an end? Why would you do this to me? Go back and read the Psalms. How long, O Lord, is a familiar refrain. Sometimes we even begin to blame ourselves. Oh, if I just wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't be in this situation. Somehow I, I could have figured it out then. It would have, well, it would have already been over by now. Something I've done is, is somehow causing the delay and, and it can go on and on. And, and all of these things, whether it's giving up or laying the blame at God or ourselves, let me just dare say those are unproductive. What if these times that we're waiting, these times that we know that there's a finish line, but we're just not sure where it is or when it will be? What if God's doing a work? What if God's making a difference? What if there's something really productive taking place? I believe that's exactly what this parable is all about. And I believe that's the whole of Scripture talks about the importance of us to not just sit on our hands and wait, but to be productive and wait. I believe sometimes the, the period in between really is about God preparing. 
those around us. John 14 is one of my favorite parts of scripture. And in it, Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. And when it's ready, I'm going to come and receive you and take you there so that where I am, you are also. What if in these times of us waiting and looking for the finish line, if God is preparing circumstances and relationships and people all around us so that when we do reach that point of completion, there is a common good and not just a personal one. There is a, there is a joy that is felt by all. Or what if it is that God's preparing us? James 1 verse 2 said, be joyful in times of trial. Now, be quite honest, that's not one of my favorite parts of Scripture because that's tough to do. But it says, be joyful when you face trials and tribulations. Because why? Because it builds endurance and endurance produces maturity. Maybe it's us. Maybe it's us. Just needs God's grace to be at work and for us to give ourselves to God's grace so that we might grow into fullness of who God is and, and what God has for us. And so when the finish line, when the completion comes, we are ready to live into the new. We're ready to live and align ourselves with God and the new reality that God is creating. So maybe God's preparing those around us. Maybe God's preparing us. Regardless of what is going on, any sort of delay, well, as our parable says, it helps to differentiate and in our parable, it differentiates between the wise and the foolish, between those who are willing to prepare and, and those who are willing not to. And, and quite honestly, these two groups of people, the, the attendants, some who are wise, some who are foolish, they look all almost alike up to a certain point. They all received an invitation. How awesome is that? Just let that truth sink in for a minute. Everybody receives an invitation. They all had a lamp. They all had some oil. They all got drowsy and slept. Now that, that to me, that's a whole nother sermon. And Chad said we had to be gone by three o'clock today. So I'm not going to preach it. But they all got drowsy and they all slept. They all woke up. They all lighted their lamps. And then we begin to see the difference. For the wise brought extra oil and the foolish did not. And so when the groom shows up, the foolish are out trying to, well, they're, they're trying to make it in other ways. They're trying to get the oil from other places. And it is the wise who are ready and prepared and waiting. And it is th those who were not only invited, but they get to enter to the party and experience the joy. See, that's what we're after. That's what we're after. All are invited. We want to enter the party. We want to experience the joy. We want to be there when the final completion arrives. How do we do that? I think that's really the question this morning. And we can see that we definitely are to keep awake, as Jesus says in, in this parable. In other places, he says, endure to the end and you'll find salvation. 
So there is this, this idea that we continue to persevere and, and move forward and move forward. And how do we do that, though? How do we, what are the things that God's placed in our lives so that we might be part of the group who not only calls Jesus Lord, but makes him Lord? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because <laughs> Jesus actually answers this. In Matthew 24 and 25, there are three parables that all have the same they all have the same trajectory, and that is there'll be a period of waiting before Jesus returns, and there'll be some things that we need to be about. And the first parable in Matthew 24 says we need to be about taking care of our household. That's where we start. Secondly, the parable that we had this morning, it's about bringing extra oil. And lastly, it'll be the, the parable that we enter into next week. So I won't steal that whole sermon. I'll let Chad have some of it but it is using our talents. So those are the three ways that we continue to, to watch and wait and prepare and stay awake and endure to the end. We take care of our household. We bring extra oil and we use our gifts. What does take care of our household mean? In my mind, it means we stay connected to the local community of believers. We have been given one another and it's messy, and it's difficult. And raise your hand if you like Zoom. Yeah, I didn't think so. And what if online is your favorite way of doing? What's well, not? And yet, these aren't the days for us to walk away from it. And I know I'm preaching to the choir. I mean, literally and figuratively here. I know you're engaged, and I give you thanks for that. But it is the community that God's put around us, the very people to keep us strong so that we stay awake and we endure to the end so that we don't miss the party, we don't miss experiencing the fullness of all that God has for us. So we stay connected community. It has been so great to hear of the Sunday schools that have continued, of the covenant groups that are going on, and if you're listening this morning and if you haven't found one of those, now's the time. Don't worry about yesterday. Now's the time to find a group of people that you can learn with, that you can love with, and that you can endure with. So it's about staying connected to community. It's about bringing our oil. And for me, that's about spiritual practices. What fills our cup? Well, it's prayer and scripture reading. It's fasting what fills our cup? It's being with one another to learn and to love and to care for. Now is not the time to be focused on our network of choice over scripture and prayer. And that statement was for me as, many, as much as anybody else this week. For I found myself drifting towards the wall showing the votes versus the one who controls all things and has grace for tomorrow. I think it's really important for us not to get distracted from the means of grace. In just a few minutes, we'll have communion. It'll be the means of grace that sustains us, that allows us to keep awake and endure. May we not walk away from those and finally, it's about using 
our talents. It's about caring for those around us. I thought Sarah did such a good job this morning talking about caring for those around us and how we, well, we bring our talents, our bring our gifts, and we see a need and we meet a need. It is those moments that allows us to keep enduring, to keep pressing forward, to allow those moments to keep, let us to keep running this race, even though we may not, well, we may not see the finish line, but we know it's out there someplace. All three of those things are not new news. Those of you that know me know me well enough. This is a sermon I preach over and over again. Be in worship. Be a part of a small group. Make sure your spiritual practice are there. Care for one another. The real issue is, will we walk away from it? Or will we do it? When things get difficult, will we return back to the basics and the foundations of our faith? Or will we simply sort of lose interest and walk away? I was reminded this week that the Israelites left Egypt and they walked in the desert for 40 years. And there were several interesting things that happened there. Their shoes didn't wear out, nor did their clothes. Now, that would be a marketable idea. I'm not sure what happened there except an act of God, but your shoes and your clothes don't wear out. The other thing is they did not have to look for water. God provided that. And God provided two substances to nourish them, manna and a meat in the form of a dove. How awesome is that, that God provided all that? But let me ask you this. After two weeks of manna and dove, do you think you'd get up in the morning and go, I cannot wait for lunch? You'd probably be thinking, I wonder, is it manna again today or is God going to do something else? But it was manna and dove 40 years in the desert to sustain them. It was the gifts of God the very basics. The manna that we have to sustain us is community, spiritual practices, and serving one another. Let us not grow tired nor weary of the very foundational things that God has given to sustain us. Let us not March off looking for the innovative or the new or what seems to be a better idea. Let us come back, be focused on the very things that have sustained the church for 2,000 years and will do it until such time as Jesus returns. And may he find us awake and enduring. Gracious Lord, It is into your hands we commend our spirits. It is into your grace that we fall upon our faces. Lord, fill us, strengthen us, and carry us. For it is in your good and pleasing name we pray. Amen.